Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, in breaking news, the Denver Broncos once again lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. And because of it, their season is unofficially, officially over. The unofficially officially is always a great moniker. Um, it, we've been saying since the Bengals game, right? Ever, ever since they uh, were getting ready to prepare, they were preparing to play the Bengals, we've said... This is a playoff game. Every game moving forward is a playoff game. And what have they done with every single game that we have called essentially a playoff game for them? They've lost. lost. So, <laughs> so yeah, this is it's it's time to just go ahead and stick a fork in them, as the old cliche goes, and say they're done because they are. And this game in particular was it was frustrating to watch. And understandably, we've got Drew Locke who is starting in place of Teddy Bridgewater. The offense uh, was. I quite honestly, non-existent, I mean, non-existent, but I, I would say that for the most part, it didn't look all that much different. Uh, there were a few things that were different that, that I, I think will be interesting to note, but for the most part, still the same, same end of end of the drive punts and kicks and turnovers versus, uh, touchdowns. So are, are we surprised at this point? Is it, no. I mean, yeah, what we're really doing here is just recapping what uh, what we all knew was probably going to happen to begin with it's a recap of the last five years i feel like we're 
in a time loop where we're doing this in 2016, only it's 2021. The only difference is instead of Gary Kubiak being the head coach, it's Vic Fangio. And it's not going to happen, but the Broncos and George Payton should fire Vic Fangio and get started on interviewing potential head coaching candidates because the NFL has instituted that new rule where you can ask teams to interview potential candidates for head coaching jobs. And with your division rival in that mode, you don't want to be behind the Las Vegas Raiders in that situation. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in that situation because Urban Meyer kicked his way out of a job. So, they, they, I mean, it's not going to happen. There's too much up in the air because of the ownership situation, as we talked about on the podcast last week, previewing this game and talking about how Peyton Manning could save the Broncos again. But there's too much up in the air about the ownership situation. And Joe Ellis, we really don't want him to make this decision again because he's inept and should never be around the Broncos ever again. And until the owner is in place, I don't know. I mean, what what is George Payton going to do? Will George Payton be safe if there's when the new owner comes in place? But that isn't going to be approved until March of 2022. So for all of those clamoring for moves to be made, there is too much up in the air at the moment with the Broncos' ownership situation. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot to talk about there, and it's going to be – uh, an interesting off season. And I think you can tell just by listening to sort of the way we're approaching this, we're, we're already as fans preparing for the off season. And, and as we said at the top, this is the unofficial end of a playoff run. They've lost every single game that we've called essentially a playoff game since we started calling them playoff games. So that's not a, a big surprise that that's where we are here. I, I will point out, and, and I think it's important to remember the offensive situation in Denver is abysmal to the point where, uh, it is, it is disgustingly bad, and I, I'm not going to get into, and, and we have to sort of talk about this. And I'm not going to get into whether or not Drew Lock was or wasn't better than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't, I don't think that's necessary. In that, it's not really a conversation that matters moving forward. There is no scenario, in my opinion, especially after today, where Drew Lock finds himself as the starter for the Denver Broncos in the future. I also don't think no. that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter for the Denver Broncos moving forward. So no. that's sort of a, a, a non-discussion. But in this game, in this particular game where the Broncos had a shot and went into the half at, at, with the lead, right? They took a 13-7 to halftime lead. Going thanks to in, a fully extended chub. That's right. Thanks to a, a chub that had reached its full potential, uh, but then didn't quite have the stamina to finish and score. Uh, and and the scoring had to had to happen afterwards, which is fine. No no judgment here. Javante Williams was able to pick up the uh, the slack on that, but it was the only touchdown the Broncos had in the whole game, and it was because of uh, a really a great play by Bradley Chubb. And so, it, 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 all, I mean, yeah. All jokes aside, it was it was a great play by Bradley Chubb. And uh, as everyone watching this knows, the only reason the Broncos were in this game is because of the defense forcing three turnovers. And it still wasn't enough. For those longtime listeners like your old man and my mom, it was probably like watching Super Bowl Twelve again, where the defense just did everything it could. 
the only difference is, is Drew Locke and the Broncos didn't turn it over seven times. Yeah, uh, it was, and it was it, it was interesting to note. I, I believe the Broncos had they, they win the turnover battle here. The Broncos had what? Uh, did they even have a? I don't think they even had a turnover. No, Which, they didn't yeah, turn it I'm over. Like my, my brain cannot even imagine that they didn't have a turnover, but they didn't. They didn't because they didn't do anything. They didn't do it. That's right. That and and that is the problem. There, there's one guy who really enjoyed the game. There's one guy who loved this game, and that was Jerry Judy, because Jerry Judy finally caught the ball. He had 60 yards. He he had three catches for 60 yards. Amazing. He was he was loving life. But if that's your leading receiver. If that's the guy, and and here's the other thing that, that I think we have to point out. Javante Williams carried the ball seven times for 12 yards. Melvin Gordon don't tell carried- me don't, don't, don't say it because I, I had to play him on my fantasy team because Austin Eckler got the COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I and I was, and I'm, I'm in the playoffs, This was and this was a trip to our fantasy league championship game. Oh. <laughs> so I lost Austin Eckler to COVID, yeah. and – I lost Chris Godwin. Oh, for the season. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's a big loss. So I, I'm going to say it anyway. Melvin Gordon, seven carries, negative four yards. Uh, At least I didn't get negative points yeah. from Melvin Gordon. <laughs> go backwards. But it's it, – listen, the the offense cannot run properly if they cannot run the football, and that's what happened here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some shots at, at Pat Shermer here for just a second. Pat Shermer is a garbage. I think, I think I think that's what everyone wants at this point. Yeah, let's so let's just do it. Let's just take shots at Pat Shermer. He's a garbage offensive coordinator who I don't care who the quarterback is would would do everything he could to essentially ruin whatever potential they had. But when you've got Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, and you run the same Jerry Judy goes in motion, and so you know it's going to be a run play every single time, that has to that has to stop. I, every time you see Jerry Judy go in motion, you know and I know that is a run play, no matter what. And if I know it, if an idiot like me knows that that's a run play, don't you think opposing defenses have that figured out? Because it Gus is, Bradley definitely did. I, it just looked like the Raiders knew no matter what, they just knew what the Broncos were doing on offense. And so it didn't really, it didn't really matter what they did because the Raiders had it figured out. And I know we're – whatever week 16 and so you got a lot of film and you're able to do all the studying and whatnot but my goodness like throw a wrinkle in there every now and then figure something out that isn't just uh, it's it's like they're it's like pat Shermer is just uninterested yeah just run the same play just do the same stuff there's no no need to change and meanwhile you've got javante williams who is turning nothing into something over and over and over again and still only getting 12 yards on the ground. This offense was just, it was awful. It was an awful showing. Merry Christmas. And the thing that did Vic Fangio in as a head coach is moving on from Rich Scangarello and the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan offense. He should have gone all in on Drew Locke. He didn't. He decided to go with Pat Shermer, who couldn't develop a quarterback if the blueprint was literally right in front of him, written by Mike Shanahan, he still couldn't do it. Andy Reid could have told him how to do it, and Pat Shermer is from the Andy Reid coaching tree, and he still couldn't do it. But that's what did in Vic Fangio as a head coach, is going from Rich Scangarello 
to Pat Shermer. Yeah, it was, and it's apparent in a game like today, a game against the Raiders, where you have an entire season under your belt. And yes, I know Drew Locke is the backup, but Drew Locke played an entire season as essentially the starter. And I know there were injuries, and you know, you can we can have the conversation about how much time he missed and was he really able to, you know. I don't know, fully develop. And obviously coaching is an issue here, but Drew Locke has been in the system for his, this is two years now. Drew Locke knows what he's doing out there. So there is a talent or issue. Doesn't I, do. Well, exactly. There is a talent issue there. And I, I'm, I'm not going to skirt that. There's a talent issue. I think Drew Locke is, is a player who could probably find himself a nice gig as a backup quarterback in the NFL. I think that's his ceiling. I think that's what we've discovered. Even still as a backup quarterback, there has to be a certain amount of competence from everybody around you and Pat Shermer has shown that he doesn't have it and and you make an interesting point had the Broncos said we're going to go all in on Drew Locke and Rich Scangarello this is a marriage we are going to accept we're going to run with this for another season if they had just done that I think the Broncos are in a slightly better position today maybe or or at least maybe we know more definitively what the deal is with Drew Locke because there are still people out there who are going to try and tell us that Drew Locke is a is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL which how many times does he have to prove to you that he's not what we what we have definitively learned after losing to the Raiders again is, again for the millionth time or whatever this season cuz that's how it feels is that Pat Shermer is a, is a garbage offensive coordinator and that that should be that absolutely should be the downfall of Vic Fangio. You're absolutely right on that. I have been wishy-washy on Vic Fangio being brought back. I've I have said several times that I, I don't want to tear up the you know tear up one side of the ship to fix another. But in this case, it has gotten to the point where Vic Fangio has to. You have to start somewhere, and usually the best place to start is at the top. And if they're not willing to move on from Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator after what we've seen this season then everybody's got to go. It's it's time to clean house and start over completely. And this game is is the reason why. This this should be the thing that makes everybody go, yeah, we're done. I'm if 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 you've been like me, sort of holding out hope that maybe we can make this defense continue to be good and you're and you're still there, come come jump on the fire everybody bandwagon cuz it's it's nice over here. It, it may it may seem a little bit sad and and you don't like to talk about people losing their jobs. But when you score 13 points against a division rival like the Raiders and you completely piss away any shot at the playoffs and you can't find a way to put any real points on the board because your defense is the only thing that allows you to score, it's time to make changes. Well, and it's not just Pat Shermer. It's sticking with Tom McMahon. It's the inability to move on from your coaches that you picked and – I don't understand why I don't under, I mean, what has Tom McMahon done to still have a job? What has Pat Shermer done to still have a job? And there is a column that you shared on, on Twitter from Woody page about how you could make Vic Fangio the highest paid defensive coordinator, but that's not going to happen. Why would he stick in the place that says, oh, well, you're not good enough to be a head coach, but we want to keep you as the highest paid defensive coordinator. And why would a head coach come in and still want that? Or you're replacing the guy who's now going to be the defensive coordinator. Well, not to sort of veer away from this game, because it is the reason we're here. But if I was a new head coach, if I was an offensive head coach, 
and you told me that I could have Vic Fangio as my defensive coordinator, I would say yes to that. I absolutely would say yes to that. I think that that's uh, something that most head coaches would be okay with. Hey, we're going to hire you to be the Broncos head coach. Uh, all you have to do is make the offense better because the offense is garbage. We're going to take Vic Fangio, who's the current head coach. He's just going to run the defense. You don't even have to think about it or worry about it. He's in charge of that. You only have to focus on the offense and then, you know, clock management and challenges and things like that. He's going to take care of the defense for you. As a head coach in the NFL, as a, as a new head coach perhaps, someone who uh, is from an offensive, you know, guru's tree but maybe hasn't been a head coach in the NFL yet, you give me that. And you tell me that this is all I have to focus on. Where's the line that I sign on? I put my little, I put my little X down for you and, and we'll, we'll get this thing turned around. I mean, that would be, that would be the way I would go because when you have a player like Javante Williams, only, only gaining 12 yards on the ground against the Raiders, which I, I don't remember the Raiders being that good at defense. Just gonna put <laughs> that not. out there. Just going to say, I don't, they, they aren't great in, in, in defense. They, some good pass rushers. I'll give them that. Javante Williams only had 12 yards. Something's wrong. Something's wrong, and people people need to start being held accountable. And I think that's really the issue here is we've gotten to a point where it's it's time for some accountability. And there hasn't been accountability because there is no owner, and their Joellis is not holding the people. It's not holding people accountable because he doesn't want to, because he doesn't need to, because he has his golden ticket. He doesn't care. John Elway hasn't held people accountable. He's got his car dealerships. He's on his way out. It's time to hold people accountable. And until there is an owner in place, it doesn't matter. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.